This is a Dragon Blazer production, and I am the little boogeyman. <laughs> Coming down the aisle, it's the podcast tag team champions of the world, the Rage and Blaze Show. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Rage and Blaze Show. I'm Rage. And I'm Blaze. And today we are going to revisit... The 1992 edition of Survivor Series. I'm pretty excited about this. How about you? Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited. And uh, not to downplay Survivor Series, although I saw the picture and we're getting a new wrestler that we've never seen before. Reza Ramon. The bad guy. Uh, we are also getting a match between two absolute legends, uh, Brett the Hitman Hart versus Shawn Michaels. Yeah, this starts that um, feud. I mean, oh my gosh. It, this might be the first time they've phased. Not sure. You know, have to do my research. Uh, but this I'm super, super excited about because anytime you get those two in the ring together, I think magic happens. And I don't know how great this match is because I don't remember much about this match well i've never seen it so, so. Uh, yeah i probably haven't either but uh, what but, i was about to say is we're about to get the royal rumble i've been waiting on and that's when it matters that's when you win it and you go to wrestlemania and face the champion yeah, I'm very excited but about that, too. you're right. Based on what little bit we can read when we look at the picture on WWE Network, this is looking like it's going to be a damn good Survivor Series. I mean, Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels, number one, that better be the main event. <laughs> I would hope so. Uh, looks like we're getting Ric Flair and Razor Ramon versus Randy Savage and Mr. Perfect. Well, I'm assuming that's a full Survivor Series match, right? You don't think they have a tag team along with a title match at a Survivor Series this early, do you? I'm not sure. We're going to have to wait and watch and find out. But I'm These excited. old ones are normally just all Survivor Series matches. Well, things are changing. We're moving into the new gen era. Uh, so, uh, things are, uh, looking a little different. I think our shows are going to look a little different and we can't really rely on what we used to know. Uh, and, uh, we're moving on to a new, uh, a new way of doing things. Uh, but before we get into the survivor series, we got a couple things to talk about. One being, uh, big news. And I know, I know we're kind of all about WWF, WWE, uh, but we gotta talk about AEW for a minute. Uh, since the last time we have talked, I don't know if we have mentioned on the podcast that they signed Big Show. Uh, Paul White. Paul White came out with a shirt that says "No More BS." I love that. I love that shirt. Really? I what? Mean, come on! It's like you spent how many years in WWE, and I just I don't like the digs. Just go there and do your thing. Just the dance. Well, it's I, a double I play. Dance. I love the double play. You know, 
Because you can look at that as, as bullshit, like like a lot of people would. But you can also look at that as no more Big Show. I get it. I get. I like the shirt. I get. I get the 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 situation. But anyhow, with Big Show's arrival on AEW Dynamite last week, he announces that there is going to be a surprise Hall of Fame worthy signing showing up to uh, the Revolution pay per view that was this past Sunday. And uh, the uh, big news there is that it ended up being Christian Cage. Captain Charisma himself showed up in AEW on Sunday, and all he really did was come out, reveal a new shirt, and kind of reveal that he was there. Yeah, kind of weird and out of nowhere. I mean, we just saw the return of uh, Christian at WWE uh, at the Royal Rumble, and then he turns around, and no more than a month later, here he is in AEW. I did a little bit of reading, and I, I, I guess um, Christian talked to uh, um, John Moxley, and Moxley kind of talked him into exploring his options, and they talked, and he came to AEW. It's kind of crazy. I mean, it, it is what it is. It's not like Christian was really doing anything in WWE. Um, he came out for the Royal Rumble, but then we hadn't seen him again since. Uh, a lot of people was hoping we'd see him on television. We did not. Same Kind of same deal with Carlito. He came out on Raw for about two weeks after the Royal Rumble, and then he disappeared again. And he was looking amazing. So it wouldn't surprise yeah. me if we see Carlito show up in AEW since it looks like maybe he's not with WWE anymore. Maybe maybe he took a backstage role. But Carlito looked really good. Uh, I guess in a great shape. Uh, and then just disappeared from television again. He did. He did. But I, I was really thinking and looking forward to hoping we were going to start seeing some Edge and Christian together again. Well, apparently and that is we, not that is not happening. That is at not going to happen unless you see maybe Shane McMahon show up at AEW and and buy the place out, and we have a, <laughs> a, a revisit of what happened in two thousand one in WCW on Monday Night Raw. I hope not. Uh, I think AEW being there is a good thing. Uh no, I th- I just I, at, at some point WWE is just going to eat all the competition. I'm surprised they have yet to buy out uh, Impact Wrestling to have all that footage just for their network. I'm, I'm just surprised. At, you, you know, I don't think they would care if it wasn't for the fact that now they have AJ Styles, they have Samoa Joe, and to see their old matches, it wouldn't surprise me to see them buy the rights eventually for Impact Wrestling. Yeah, I, I guess. They're, they're about on their last leg. Yeah. So, uh, I mean... They did have a little revitalization recently with the crossover with AEW, but uh, I mean, come on, they're pretty much dead in the water. They're the, the they tried to compete. They competed for a little while, never quite the uh, same length that uh, WCW ever competed. But uh, they, I can't believe they're they, still around. I'm I'm surprised. I'm, to me, I always continuously forget they even exist. To to me, changing the name was a killer. I mean, you had TNA Wrestling, and then you change it to Impact Wrestling. I don't know what the logic behind that was. I don't know the reasoning behind that. Maybe if somebody knows, they can tell us. Maybe Boomer. 
Boomer's Facts, but I don't know the reason behind that change. But once they changed the name, Impact Wrestling just seems so generic. I mean, but that's just my opinion. But at one time, TNA had some exciting stuff going for them. But in the end, they they had the same issue that every promotion before them had, and that they they relied on the old guys to put their put their show through. Um, AEW seems to somewhat be in that same boat, but they haven't quite been overran with old guys yet. So we'll see what happens. They just added to two more, though. I know they did, but I'm just saying they, like for instance, their their champion is not one of their old guys, so that's a change. Um, they're, they're doing things a little differently. Their their guys are the champions right now. Their guys are TNT champion. They're just bringing in older guys for fun and not. So I mean, Chris Jericho's there, but and at the beginning he was champ, but now he hasn't seen the title. Uh, Sting's there, but I don't see him holding the title anytime, um, unless for some reason they want. I could see them doing that with Christian though. Christian's a guy that maybe. Might be. In the I could see picture. him taking over the main. I feel like that's ha- had to be what they 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 offered him to come to there. Is it wasn't just money. It was hey, you can main event possibly. So, so that is the big wrestling news this week. Uh, I think we already talked about Bobby Lashley becoming WWE champion. That's pretty big deal. Uh, paybacks coming up. Um, don't expect much of the landscape to change before WrestleMania. Um, but, uh, but that kind of does it with the wrestling news. Uh, so before we jump into survivor series, the next thing I think we need to talk about is our last video game, uh, that we're going to discuss, um, that released in 1992. And that is WrestleMania. WWF's WrestleMania Steel Cage Challenge. Now, this game released for the NES, the Sega Master System, and the Game Gear, Sega Game Gear. And then it also, in 2018, became a plug-and-play TV game. Now, the differences between all this is uh, there were 10 playable wrestlers in every version. In the NES and Sega version... You had Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, Ted DiBiase, IRS, Bret Hart, and The Undertaker. The Nintendo version also added Jake the Snake Roberts, Sid Justice, Rowdy Piper, The Mountie. The Sega versions replaced those characters, and they got their exclusive characters of Ric Flair, Papa Shango, Shawn Michaels, and Tatanka. The TV game was identical to the NES roster, with the difference being that the Ultimate Warrior and Razor Ramon replaced Hulk Hogan in the Mountie. So the Hulk Hogan's not even in the TV plug-and-play one? No, I'm guessing that was probably 2018. They were probably distanced themselves from Hulk Mm. Hogan at the time. Yeah, nobody gave a crap Uh, about the Mountie. I'm not sure why the Mountie. Maybe to sell more TV games, they added Ultimate Warrior Razor Ramon being kind of bigger names. Yeah. Hard to say. But I'm sure uh, Hulk Hogan wanting to distance themselves uh, from the controversy there 
seems to me like probably the you only. You said that was 2018. Reason. 2018. It was a plug and play game for straight into your TV. Um, but those are the difference in rosters. Uh, the modes that you had was one on one regular match or steel cage match. You also had tag team WWF championship. Um, so where you could choose a wrestler and, uh, wait, you had tag team mode and then WWF championship mode. You can choose one wrestler to defeat all the other wrestlers and you become WWF champion at the end of the mode where it shows you on a little pedestal with the WWF title. Um, and then, uh, the tag team championship or is, uh, you can choose two wrestlers and then defeat the rest of the wrestlers to become WWF Tag Team Championships. And I believe the TV game did not include the tag team mode. No, it didn't. It was just singles and uh, steel cage, I believe. Yeah. So uh, all the wrestlers' move sets were identical with standard punches, kicks, grapples, like a body slam throw, headbutt, running attacks, flying clothesline, drop kicks... Uh, power slam to a running opponent, ground attack, stomp, elbow drops, and a move off the turnbuckle. There were no finishing moves in this game. This was the first council game with a steel cage match, although there had been a steel cage match in uh, the arcade game WWF WrestleFest. This was the first time a steel cage made home council. Uh, we had watched, uh, and I don't actually think we had ever played this game. Um, uh, after, probably for the best. After watching it, I think we had already had a Super Nintendo by the time this game out, came out, and I don't think we ever went back on the NES and played it. Because uh, after what I thought I had looking at the box, but after watching the footage, I don't recall playing it at all. Um, so we watched uh, all three variants, the NES version, the Sega Master System version, and we watched the TV game version. And I can say that the Master System looked a little bit more clear, uh, vibrant, um, and the sounds were a little bit better, but I'm kind of partial to the Nintendo sounds. Yeah, just that's because just nostalgia, that's just nostalgia there. Uh, but the sounds were a little bit more crisper on the game, uh, the Master System. Um, and then I will say that the TV plug and play looks identical to the Nintendo version, but the colors were more vibrant because I'm sure they added HD. Yeah, it, colors looked better, but it, it, honestly, the Sega Master System definitely looked the best. And honestly, seeing the different versions was more exciting to me than the actual gameplay because the gameplay was shit. Yeah, gameplay it looked was very, very boring. Gameplay was very basic punch kick. Uh, Probably was great for this. its time, maybe. Um, but kids today, use that are used to the games they play, would probably spit on this. Uh, and I'm uh, sure we would have enjoyed it at the time, but probably would not think this is very cool. Um, but us kids that grew up with the Nintendo, there's a little nostalgic to play this. I mean, going back and playing those 8-bit games. Uh, but it, it's, you're not going to play a lot of it. I mean, you're going to probably pick it up and say, oh yeah, I remember this, but that's about it. Yeah. Uh, not quite the replayability that Tecmo Super Bowl and, has, 
I still can enjoy Tecmo Super Bowl to this day. Uh, but and none of the none of the wrestlers have any difference. Like there was nothing different. They were just skins. So you're just yeah. which yeah. generic wrestler do you want to play as today? I will say that I didn't really uh, give it a lot of thought on the other wrestlers, but I did notice that Macho Man Randy Savage had a different outfit in the NES version than he did with the uh, Sega Master System version. Which fits which for Macho odd. Man. Because <laughs> yeah, Macho Man's always wearing something different. I mean, he was wearing like just no shirt and pink uh, tr- trousers. Um, and then in the uh, Master System version... He was actually wearing like a whole full gear yellow outfit, like something, you know, outlandish that Macho Man would wear. So it was very different seeing that he had two different outfits on the different games. So not only are the rosters different, but the outfits were a little different. Well, I didn't really look at every wrestler that was on both One version kind of had the 80s version of Macho, and then in the 90s he kind of starts wearing the more out there colors and... Uh, also, I'd like to point out that Undertaker looked a little different compared from the uh, the NES version. It looks like you can tell he has some like a reddish hair, where in the Master System his hair was jet black. Huh. So, uh, just little noticing little difference. Uh, might be because the colors they could use on the one system versus the other. Uh, it might be because the artists don't give a shit about wrestling that created this game and they're just like eh, it works um now we do know one was made by flying edge the other one was made by ljn yeah yeah so that might have a lot to do with it um but overall i don't think you're going to get a lot of use out of this game if you played it today um but it was nice to go back in time i'm really looking forward to moving into uh the next generation of games, uh, PlayStation one, Nintendo 64, uh, when wrestling games really got super excited. I'm kind of excited um, about some of these super Nintendo yeah, and Sega games. Super Nintendo games. Yeah. There were some arcade game for type of games that came out on super Nintendo that really changed up. Uh, because if you can't do a traditional grappling game, like they do, then the arcade game was very different. And oh, yeah, lot, In Your House. A lot more fun. In Your House was a good one. Um, so uh, definitely looking forward to uh, reviewing those games. Uh, but uh, but this might be our last Nintendo game. Regular I Nintendo. hope so. And this can go back on the E.T. pile. So uh, we're moving into 93. I'm kind of curious what games we have coming up. So uh, we'll definitely uh, keep this uh, video game thing portion of our show going. Because I, I really enjoy reviewing these. I, I enjoy taking a trip down memory lane and watching these. But I do as well. I do as well. That That is uh, all the time we're going to spend on the video game portion. Uh, let's uh, finally get into it. Our last pay-per-view of 1992. This is WWF Survivor Series. Okay, so first match of the night, we have the Head Shrinkers with Samu and Fatu with Afa in their corner versus High Energy, Owen Hart and Coco Beware in all their 90s glory in their outfits, <coughs> uh, vibrant colors, uh, checkered. Uh, you just go look it up. I mean, I'm sure you know what it looks like. It's uh, very 
straight out of the 90s. Uh, I thought this was a very good uh, opening match. Wasn't great. Wasn't bad. I thought there was a lot of fun things going on. A lot of uh, high energy moves, if you will. <laughs> pun, in, pun intended. Um, and uh, I thought the finisher was great. Uh, had uh, Rikishi jump it. Oh, I'm sorry. Which one is he uh, back then? I'm trying to think. Samu or Fa- I think he's Fatu. Anyhow, uh, so uh, Rikishi or Fatu jumping off the top rope onto Owen Hart uh, with Samu standing there and he jumps over Samu. Uh, I thought that was a pretty good ending. I'm going to have to give this a solid three turkey legs that Afa was chewing on the whole You son match. of a bitch. So three, tur- <laughs> three turkey legs for this match. And, uh, I, like I said, this was one of those, well, it's not, you know, not a classic great match, but it, it was a fun match. Definitely, uh, set the tone for the show. I enjoyed the beginning and uh, yeah, I did kind of like the ending. Um, the middle was kind of a little down for me, but like getting to see Owen in that ring once Owen left the ring, I was a little more disappointed. Uh, but Owen in there, high energy, <laughs> pun intended. Um, he was really fun in the ring. And I just, we're getting glimpses of Owen, but we're not getting very much of him. <laughs> uh, Coco, Coco looked weird than what I remember him. I think he's put on some weight. Yeah, he's put on some weight, um, and he wasn't very fun in the ring. He was all right, um, but yeah, the ending was a little more fun than we're used to. It seems like in a lot of these matches, he was missing his bird. Um, but you son of a bitch, you took my, uh, you took what I was gonna go with. Okay. I was gonna go more like two and a half nasty ass turkey legs, but you know, I was gonna put some more emphasis on it. But still, damn you. There you go. Well, you put your stank on it. I did put my stank on it. Okay, let's uh, keep it going. Okay, so before the start of the next match, we get interviews uh, with Nails and Big Boss Man before their uh, nightstick on a pole match, uh, which is interesting. Uh, So this is obviously the first time we've seen a match like that. Um, But uh, Nails... Uh, this is the first time we get to hear him talk, and actually this is the first time I think I've ever heard him talk, because uh, I'm not too familiar with Nails. Uh, no. I'm guessing he's very short-lived in the WWF, um, but uh, he sounds like what you would assume the devil would sound like. Very deep, uh, almost sounded like he was using a voice changer, but I, I'm pretty sure it was really him. Based off the color in his face, I'm very sure it was him. He looked like he was about to have a heart attack just by doing that voice. Uh, He looked like he struggled with it. Um, But to be honest, it sounded pretty intense. Uh, He talks better than he wrestles. Uh, You're giving giving him more credit than I was going to. I was going to say he sounds like he's been constipated for a week. This is true. <laughs> it's like, ah, I'm gonna take you out, Dustman! 
But doesn't he sound like what most people think the devil sound like? I mean, it really uh, had that very, very deep tone. I think the devil sounds like the devil in South Park, so, uh, no. <laughs> that is a different take on the devil, for sure. Um, so dumb. So, uh, so then we get an interview with Big Boss Man, and they do something that we have not seen them do yet. Uh, which is while Big Boss Man is being interviewed, they go like, uh, almost like picture in picture, or like where the pictures yeah. are uh, split screen, and they show nails coming out to the ring while Boss Man is still talking, and Boss Man notices this and leaves the interview to go out to the ring. Um, yeah, he's like, fuck this shit, and he goes out there. Because Nails is going to go grab for that... Uh, yeah, he goes after the nightstick. Nightstick right off the bat, even, yeah. before the match even starts. So, uh, another thing I'd like to point out, uh, this was uh, not as bad of a match as Nails' first match that we no, saw. No, not at all. But there was still a couple things that were very awkward, and he's definitely still not that great. Uh, no, he's not, but I think uh, Boss Man is a better wrestler to face him. And it was more of a brawl than it was an, an actual true. match. This is true. Um, a lot of punches involved in this match. So it was better. It was definitely better. Um, then you also have the, you know, the fact that you get a nightstick involved in this match later on. So, um, yeah, I mean, it could have been worse. Could have been so. I'm but we didn't get to see something. What didn't we get? To see? I don't believe the exposed belly happened. No, we didn't see the exposed belly. I know you're disappointed about not seeing Very the big boss man's belly and the no belly. Uh, so this match, I would have to give a two and a half nightstick shots. Uh, but uh, yeah, it wasn't. I almost gave it three because it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. But there wasn't really a lot of wrestling moves, and he did botch a few things. So I'm going to just lower it to two and a half. Um, I'm going to go with uh, two disappointed mother and father by nails. Aww. <laughs> um, also, I uh, forgot to mention that Big Boss Man does win this match via pinfall. And it did seem like a quick pin. It did seem like a quick pin. I also want to mention Bobby the Brain Heenan is great. Uh, <laughs> during the match, he's talking, he's trying to defend Nails and say, because Nails does mention that I, I was put in there for a crime I didn't commit while sounding like he's, you know, either taking a shit or the devil. So. <laughs> The boss, Bobby the Brain, he was like, he's like, he just had some unpaid parking tickets and, and then there was a parking ticket on his car and it blew off and, and he didn't even know that he owed that parking ticket. At least that's what my, his sister told me. Yeah. Had to add the sister. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's the story and he's sticking to it. Yep. So before the next match, we get a promo with Ric Flair and Razor Ramon. They're discussing their upcoming match against Mr. Perfect and Macho Man Randy Savage. Uh, they also show us a backstory on kind of how this match uh, took place. 
Um, and it looks like Mr. Perfect has gone face. So, to be honest with you, I don't think I ever remember Mr. Perfect ever going face. I don't... I always remember him as a heel. So, this is interesting. Yeah, uh, well, I, I kind of do remember him as a face, but it is what it is. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they had a segment where he poured a, uh big thing of water on uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan and pretty much said that he has been holding him back and uh, that Ric Flair doesn't live, he doesn't live under Ric Flair's shadow, Ric Flair has been living under his shadow uh, so then that's kind of you know setting up this match uh, after the match we get uh, Tatanka versus the model Rick Martel um, pretty decent match here uh, nothing overly exciting happens. Uh, Doink the Clown does come out. This is our first appearance, which, let me point out, this was our first time seeing Razor Ramon on the podcast. This is our first time seeing uh, um, Doink the Clown on the podcast. Uh, but Doink really didn't come out there to interfere with anybody or to cause any kind of distraction. He just was making uh, animal balloons uh, <laughs> for the crowd and then popping them, you know, like a dick. So... It's just yeah, kinda it's, his it's weird because he like he has nothing to do with the match. He's not interfering. He's not. He's just making animal balloons, giving it to some teenage girls, and then takes a, a, a pin and just pops each one of them. I liked the bit. It was just oddly placed. Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> like he was trying to get the attention of anybody. It just it felt a little. Like, we don't know where else to put Doink. We're going to put Doink here just to get people familiar and to know who Doink is, I guess. Uh, no match. Uh, well, well, I, I assume he don't have a match. Five, five weeks. weeks. He said he's been coming around for about five weeks now. So I'm uh, guessing this is just a bit he's doing, just randomly interrupting matches. Yeah, just, maybe he hasn't even made an in-ring debut yet. Yeah, he who might knows. not have even wrestled yet. But anyhow, so the match in the ring, uh, like I said, nobody got distracted by Doink being out there. Uh, there wasn't anything bad about this match. There wasn't nothing that like popped out that made you remember this match. Um, it was just average match, so I'm going to give it three popped, uh, popped uh, animal balloons. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I was going to do the same. <laughs> Well, except for mine was two and a half pop animal balloons. Or balloon animals, I think, is how uh, normal... Balloon animals, yeah. yeah. That's probably... <laughs> so, So yeah. Uh, I mean, nothing, like, offensively bad about it. Just... It just was there. It just yeah. was... It was a match. Uh, um, Tatanka picks up the win, uh, which, obviously, we know he'll pick up a lot of wins because he, he wins a lot uh, starting off his career, so... Okay, let's uh, keep this rolling. Okay, so before the match, we get a Macho Man and Mr. Perfect interview. Great stuff. What'd you think? Well, it's always good stuff with Macho Man and Mr. Perfect. Mr. Perfect's fantastic on the mic. Yes. And, yeah, we. I mean, we also got a little bit of a promo beforehand showing how this happened. We already, I think, discussed that. Did we? Yeah, because um, they did the interview, then a match, then an interview. Yeah, because we, we talked about that before the model Rick Martell and Tatanka match. Oh, I don't I don't remember talking about uh, water being poured on yeah, we did. Bobby the Brain Heenus. We did. Okay. 
Okay. So, uh, after the promo, we do get a uh, Flair and Razor Ramon uh, versus Macho Man and Mr. Perfect. And I thought this was an amazing match. Uh, the only knock on this match that I had was the way it ended. Which, let's get... Don't get me wrong. I mean, the way it ended gives them a chance to continue this rivalry. And I think they definitely are continuing Yeah, they're continuing the rivalry. Uh, They ended it in a uh, disqualification. Uh, My issue with that is I think major pay-per-views is when you resolve feuds, not when you continue feuds. Uh, Maybe it's just me. I have a pet peeve about that. But, I mean, you should have resolve in matches like this. If you want to have a disqualification ending, do that on your weekly television shows, you know. Or what Rage is trying to say is he doesn't want a disqualification in any match we watch. No, unless it, unless the disqualification brings out like a shocking, uh, you know, like, uh, oh my gosh, I can't believe he just turned on him. And it, it, it brings a huge shocking revelation to us. See, I, I kind of disagree. I felt like this fit the story. Because Mr. Perfect essentially turned on uh, Ric Flair and I guess Razor Ramon. I guess we n- we never saw that friendship ever but uh, on this podcast. But, you know, Ric Flair, he turned on Ric Flair and that's Razor. Uh, it just got to the point where Ric Flair and Razor Ramon decided to just start attacking. And they uh, it's ends up in, ends in a disqualification because they just keep attacking them when they're and attacking the ref. So yeah, kind of fit. There, there was a, a scenario there where the referee got knocked out. Another referee came in, and things just got out of control, and they ended up disqualifying. I, I felt like player. it. I felt like that ending was was good for this match. I for this storyline for this match. You also got to remember these matches are are storylines too. You know, and that fit the story. I I liked it. I liked the end. Okay. Well, I think I'm going to give this match uh, four uh, four perfect tag teams. Um. So yeah, I I really enjoyed this match. There was some uh, some good storytelling, and which is kind of what what I brought up with the ending too. But even during the match, we had a moment where. Uh, Mr. Perfect, uh, walks out, starts walking like he's about to walk out. Yeah, you think he's continuing to be heel at that moment. Yeah, you, you were like, oh, can he be trusted? And Macho was in the ring for about uh, 10, 20, or 20, 10, 15 minutes with them just beating the crap I don't know out if of. It was 10, 15 minutes. I don't even know. Well, they mentioned it's been about, it was, the, uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan or, uh, they they mentioned that it was that he was in the ring for a long time uh without Mr. Perfect getting the tag. Like they were isolating Macho Man quite a bit in the match. And uh yeah, they uh <clears throat> they isolate him and then Mr. Perfect decides to turn around much to the cheering of the crowd and he still doesn't get in for a while. So um Overall, yeah, I feel like this was a very good match. Uh, a lot of fun. Um, <clears throat> I do have have some gripes. What's the gripes? How many matches have we watched? Um, I'd have to go through and count. 
The answer is four. And uh, how many Survivor Series matches have we watched in this Survivor Series pay-per-view? Well, technically four, since they're all Survivor Series matches. It's a Survivor Series pay-per-view. Survivor Series-style match. How many Survivor Series four-on-four, five-on-five, elimination rules matches have we had in the Survivor Series pay-per-view? Zero. Zero. Guess what one of my favorite pay-per-views are? It's Uh, my birthday pay-per-view. Oh, it's this one. I love the Survivor Series match, and the fact that this is essentially just another pay-per-view. Now, having said that, this has been a decent... There's been some good matches. We've I've enjoyed this pay-per-view. Eh, maybe not all of it. Uh, Boss Man and Nails. Nails is just so bad. <laughs> Nails is just so bad. But, you know, we've had some decent matches, and this one definitely a highlight so far. But uh, I'm very sad about the lack of Survivor Series matches. It sucks, man. And I've I've already been warned... I'm only getting one. I guess I'm glad I get one. But I'm only getting one. And it brings a tear to my eye. So I'm going to rate this about, I would say, hmm, four perfect plexes. Good, good deal. Okay, so after the match is over... Uh, we get a little extracurricular activity, some uh, fighting, some... You know, well, anyhow, that goes on. But after that, we do get another interview with Ric Flair and Razor Ramon. Razor Ramon and uh, Razor Ramon suggests that the uh, the uh, the last uh, person that crossed him, uh, you'd have to go find. Yes. So uh, Marty Jannetty is not the only person to make people go missing, apparently. In wrestling, also Razor Ramon makes people go missing <laughs> when they cross him. So anyhow, so they're all, you know, pretty uh, excited still after the end of this match. So the next match, we get our first appearance of Yokozuna. And so he comes out with Mr. Fuji. He takes on Virgil. This is a squash match, but I'm telling you what, if you're going to have a squash match... This was this was a pretty darn good squash match. This is a literal squash match because Virgil got squashed. I'm pretty sure he's dead. So is uh, he dead? Everything that Yokozuno did in this match just looked absolutely Ow. devastating. Ow! And Virgil sold it appropriately. He might have not even had to really sell it because, I, I mean. 450 pound man dropping on your chest. I don't know if you can fake that. <laughs> I feel like Virgil is dead. Somebody check his pulse. Yeah, so I think this is the last we ever see of Virgil. No. Yeah, no, this is, <laughs> no he still tweets. <laughs> so, uh, but no, I, I know it's a squash match, but this was our first appearance of Yokozuno. And it was very impressive. Uh, so a few of the moves he did just looked so devastating. Um, so I'm going to have to give this just a little above the average three and a half bonsai drops. See, I'm... Okay. 
Yes, it was a squash match. Figuratively and literally in every sense of the word. Uh, but number one, you got to give it a step. Virgil is at least a step above a jobber. You know, he's not a jobber. He's been in some big matches recently. And they just have this guy who's, I mean, he's not like Hulk Hogan or, you know, one of the stars. But he's been up there. He's not some no-named wrestler. And they just have Yokozuna just destroy him. And it was great. I mean, you know, I I know I've seen Yokozuna when I was younger. I don't think I appreciated Yokozuna when I was younger. Yeah. Um, holy crap, that man can kick pretty high for a 500-plus pound man. I mean, that back kick he does to J- Virgil's face. I mean, seriously. Yeah. And, yeah, that bonsai drop just looks painful. And, and uh, my brother Rage over here kind of wanted to point out the smile on Yokozuna's face and how joyful he was saying he's such a nice man. After he kills a man, death becomes him. Virgil's dead. I just to me, it looked like a young performer, all excited to be on WWF pay per view. Sh- sure, it sure. Just, it's just bad timing. Maybe wait till after your. Uh, well, I know he's. Crush- I know he's playing a character. He's supposed to be devastating, but there was a moment during that bonsai drop, and they caught it on the replay, where you just could see the gleefulness in his face. Where I don't think he could hide his... Where he's killing a man. Let's just put that out there. He's literally murdering Virgil. There's nothing like crushed bones beneath your ass (laughs) to put a smile on your face. Exactly. I'm not sure how kind he felt right there while Virgil was dying and gasping for air. Okay, so... Uh, I'm th- going to give this squash match... I haven't given my rating. Oh, yeah, well, you okay. d- Don't try okay. to rush... Don't rush the process. Okay? So, I'm going to give this... Uh, uh, three gasps of air. Final gasp of air. Wow. Yes. Okay, so that is going to be... Uh, Whoa. What? We have one more interview. That we oh, yes, we did have an, another interview. So we get a Mr. Perfect and Randy Savage interview. And this time we get uh, turkeys. Uh, perfect turkeys. Perfect. Well. Gifted, <laughs> gifted to Ric Flair and Razor Ramon. And then a little chicken for uh, Bobby the Brain Hayden. I mean, and actually, turkeys look- the turkeys did look perfect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they were huge, big turkeys. I mean, anybody would be happy to have ate those turkeys because uh, they were huge. They were huge, but they, you get their little interview of gloating for their win. So, and then that will do it for part one of the Survivor Series podcast. Okay. You can go now. I can go now. Yeah. Okay, so let's go ahead and plug the pluggables. Well, let's talk about it a we little will. bit. What is our what is what 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 is your favorite match so far? 
Oh, so far, I would definitely have to say the Ric Flair Razor Ramon match. I uh, think that's Mr. Perfect. Definitely, yeah, the so, best one so far. Definitely the best one so far on the show. Um, kind of. Really Are you enjoying that the Yokozuna? Yeah, squash I match. Enjoyed seeing him. Uh, so you liking the pay per view so far? Is this? Uh, it's it's been decent. I mean, we've we've had a couple really really good pay per views lately. So this one's kind of almost like a calmer downer. So you would say that this is kind of a step down due to the lack of Survivor Series matches? Well, we haven't had Survivor Series matches, but I'm trying to base it off of uh, what we have seen. Um, but yeah, with the fact that there's no Survivor Series matches, that's a little bit of a letdown. It is a little bit of a letdown, but yeah, like I said, it's it's not as bad as it could be because we have set, had some decent matches to uh, to watch. So Right. All right, now we can plug the pluggables. Okay, plug the pluggables. You can find me on Dragon Blazer Productions on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and you can find me on the Twitters at Dragon Blazer Pro. Okay, you can get me up at uh, Facebook, uh, the Rage and Blaze Show Facebook page, at the Rage and Blaze Show on Instagram, and at Ricky Rayberg on Twitter. All right. Okay, so that's going to do it for Survivor Series 1992, Part 1. We will be back for Part 2 shortly. And uh, this has been the Rage and Blaze Show. I'm Rage. And I'm Blaze. And good night from Rage's Pit. And here is your winners. And still... Podcast Tag Team Champions of the World, The Rage and Blaze Show. Thank you for listening. <laughs>